beating Vanderbilt 55 to nothing on Saturday. Don't say a word about Tennessee beating Alabama. We're going to keep this spiritual, all right? Go dogs. Amen. Boy, man, it's good to see y'all this morning. Hallelujah. Are you glad you're saved? Yes. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm on the winning side. Nothing the devil can do about it. And boy, I love your preacher, and I thank God for the church and what God's doing here. Every time I walk in here, I have to take pictures because something has been upgraded. This place is absolutely beautiful, and I'm, I am thankful for that. Uh, what a blessing. Uh, listen, now, get your Bible open up to Job chapter number 2. Job chapter number 2 is where we're going to be uh, preaching. And uh, Brother Fred, run that over here to me real quick, brother. Amen. I tell you what, I am glad to be here. This, this is my element. Yes, sir. This is my element right here. There is no place I'd rather be than church. Amen. And uh, one, of these, one of these glad days, we're going to leave out of here and go to, to an everlasting church service. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Amen. I cannot wait. Amen. And uh, I tell you, church is just a foretaste. And you know what, you know, us Baptists will sing a while, shout a while, preach a while, eat a while. And if you read about heaven, that's pretty much what it sounds like, amen. It's going to be pretty awesome. You got your Bibles in Job chapter 2. Let's stand together in honor of the reading of the Word of God. If you are physically able, that baby hasn't fell asleep in you, I don't see any babies in here. I think we'll be all right, amen. Job chapter number 2, and I want to look at... Verse number four, and Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is, <coughs> he is in thine hand, but save his life. Amen. So when Satan went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all and he sat down among the ashes. You know, Job's wife says a few things to him. Job's friends say some things to him. But Job stays faithful through it all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless the preaching of the Word of God. I pray you help us, Lord, as we preach to this assembly that you brought together this morning. God, I pray, Lord, uh, Lord, you know how we agonized over what to preach and through the night. And God, how you've given us clarity and peace. So God, I trust you. Lord, you know what's best for us. God, I pray you would guard my lips. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would... Uh, Lord, allow us to be used for your glory and your honor. God, give a little liberty this morning, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. you may be seated. I want to preach a little while on this thought on being broken is not all bad. Amen. Being broken is not all bad. Now, I'm looking around at an audience full of young people, somebody is bound to have a phone on them or something. Anybody got a stopwatch or a, a phone you can run as a stop? Right over here, this young man in the, in the gray all the way on the end. You got your phone? You got a stopwatch on you? All right, you ready to start the stopwatch? We're gonna look, look at your Bibles before he starts it. Look at your Bibles, turn back to chapter one. I wanna do something here. I want us to, I want us to read 
carefully and methodically a handful of verses in chapter number one. All right? Verse number 13. You ready to start that watch? All right, let's start it. Go. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them and the Sabines fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and it burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another also and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Can you stop your watch? What, what, how much time did that take? One minute and 12? One minute and 21 seconds. On an average, when I read that text, it takes a minute and 20 seconds. So a minute 21, I think I got cut, I missed a second there when I coughed a little bit. <clears throat> one minute and 21 seconds. In one minute and 21 seconds, Job's life was destroyed. You're talking about a bad day. That's a bad minute and 21 seconds. And I'm going to be honest with you, it probably didn't go like that because I read it very slowly and very methodically. But if you read this, the Bible says that while one servant is giving this urgent emergency report, while he yet spake, another came. And while he yet spake, another came. And while he yet spake, another came. And I got to be honest with you, I don't think any of them came in and said, uh, Job, I have, a, I, have to, I have to report in with a little bit of negativity today. I don't think any of them did that. I think they came running in, huffing and puffing, breathing hard and said, Job, you ain't gonna believe what happened just now. I was out watching the sheep and the enemy came and they, and they killed all the sheep and they killed all the servants. I'm the only one left. And while he's still talking, another one runs in and another one runs in and another one runs in. And I don't think they were being slow and methodical like we were. So you could probably legitimately say that in about 60 seconds, Job lost everything but his life and his wife. I'm talking about being shattered. His life is broken. His life is shattered. And the only thing he really has got left, his life, his wife, his health. And in the chapter we just read, the devil came and took his health away. And the Bible says that, that, that he went out and sat in the ashes. Job in this story is a broken man. Besides our Lord Jesus Christ, Job is probably the most broken person in history. 
outside of the Lord Jesus Christ himself who was absolutely shattered on Calvary. I, I, I don't think hardly anybody, I don't know if there's ever been another Job-like situation in the whole wide world. And I've met some bad ones. I've dealt with some as a pastor. I, I've had some in my own personal life brokenness. But, but I don't know that there's ever been another man who in one minute lost everything that he had. Shattered and broken but, but I don't want to preach on Job this morning. I want to talk about being broken is not all bad. I want to talk about broken things, but I want to preach on Job. Why don't you look at chapter two and verse number eight. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all and he sat down among the ashes. I, I want to preach on the potsherd if I could this morning, just a little while. I brought a potsherd with me. This is a, this is a piece of, of archaeology, this is a, it's a historic and a, and a very, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting artifact, but it is a potsherd. The Bible defines a broken vessel for us. Here the word potsherd is used. It was originally in the Hebrew, it was cherez, and that word means a piece or fragment of pottery. A piece or fragment of of pottery. It, it, a fragment is, is, is defined as a part broken off, a piece separated from anything by breaking. And so what we have is a piece broken off, a shattered piece of pottery. I, I don't want to preach on Job tonight, uh, this morning. I want to preach on the potsherd. And, and I hope you'll look at the scriptures and let the scriptures talk to you this morning. And, and I want to preach, we could talk about broken things. There, there's some amazing messages on broken things. We could go over to where the, where the woman took the alabaster box and she broke it <laughs> and she poured the ointment over Jesus's head. <clears throat> and we could talk about how, how that, that vessel was broken. And we could talk about the release of the broken vessel. Because there was an ointment that was released. There was a worship that was released. There was an odor that was released according to scripture. When that thing was broken, there was a release that happened. Hey, we can go to Gideon's story. Y'all remember Gideon, don't you? And he took them pictures and he put a light in them and, and they went out and surrounded the enemy and they shattered the vessel. And we could talk about the revelation of the broken vessel because when the vessel was broke, the light shone through. <laughs> I could get happy about that right there. When they shattered the vessel, the light shone through and there was a revelation that happened. It revealed what was on the inside of the broken vessel. And, and when you're going through a period or something that is breaking you, I want to tell you that God is using that to reveal what's inside of us. There's been times I've been broken preacher and, and what came out I was embarrassed about. But God had to break me so I could see what was inside of me. And there's been other times when, when God used something to break me and thank God his light shone through and the Holy Spirit shone through and God shone through and we could talk about the revelation of the broken vessel but I, I want to preach just a little while on the relief of the broken vessel. Look at our verse. He took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all and he sat down among the ashes. The first thing I want you to notice is that the broken vessel in this text, the broken vessel is permanently scarred. 
It's permanently scarred. Uh, it, it, this is a this is shares. This is a piece or a fragment of pottery. It's not going to get put back together. Can I tell you that I've got a God who can take all your broken pieces and put them back together again if He wants to? <coughs> Man, I could shout on that <clears throat> if my sinuses would let me. And <clears throat> I don't have uh, COVID. I don't think. I'm pretty sure it's fall allergies. But I'll just sneeze on the little ones and, and y'all can spread it around, all right? Hey, listen, listen. It is a permanently scarred. This piece, this piece is not getting put back together again. Now, God can. Thank God he can. He can pass through your brokenness. He can pick up every little piece. He can put it all back together again. You can stand back and say, wow, look what God did. He put all the broken pieces back together again. But I would tell you something, God don't always choose to do that. Sometimes God will allow you to be broken and leave you that way because he has a bigger plan than you could imagine. These pieces were permanently scarred. I, I, I see, I, I, can, I, can, I can sympathize, I can relate to the broken piece and I can understand how it feels because, because I want you to imagine Job's house. Job was a wealthy man, was one of the richest men in all the earth at the time that he lived. And, and so I'm, I assure you that Job had some pieces that were beautiful. No doubt, he had what we would call display pieces. I'm looking around here, y'all got stuff everywhere so beautiful and so pretty and you got things everywhere. There's, there's, some, there's some vases back there. Look at them two vases back there with the flowers sticking at them. Those are called display pieces. They're just there to be admired. They're just there to be beautiful. My mama has a china cabinet. Anybody else's mama have a china cabinet and you was growing up? They got china, there's some folks in here that's got a china cabinet. My mom's got some china cabinet. You know what she puts in that? She put in that china cabinet all my years growing up, preacher. She put the fine china in there. Apparently it was given to them at their wedding. Do you know what I noticed about them pieces? I noticed that they were there for looks. They never got used. <laughs> I wondered, I wondered when important people would come by. I remember when old evangelist Ed Ledford would come by and stay in our home and I, and I knew my dad thought the world of him and my dad put him on a pedestal and I said, boy, Ed Ledford's coming, evangelist Ed Ledford's coming. I wonder if mom's gonna use the good dishes. I got news for you. She never did pull out them good dishes. I'm pretty sure if the president of the United States, well, I'm real sure if this president came by, he wasn't eating off of that. Hey, you tell me what I'm saying? They're just to be admired. I would see people come into our home and they'd look around and I'd see those ladies go over to that cabinet while my mama was in the kitchen and they'd go, oh, wow, isn't that pretty? That's so beautiful. That's false graph or something. I don't know what it was. I don't know what's popular anymore. I'm old school, right? Wow, look at that. They're just ooh and all. Can you imagine being broken, laying out in a pile of ashes outside, looking through the window into the house, and you see people oohing and awing over the display pieces? I imagine that piece felt discarded. It's permanently broken. They've thrown it out. It feels discarded, no doubt. I can also, and I can tell you, my mother had a different set of dishes though. She didn't just have those pretty dishes that everybody looked at. My mama had dishes we ate off of. They weren't just display pieces, they were dishes. I mean, that's where you dished out the mashed potatoes and you dished out the meatloaf. And hallelujah, there's no two better words ever put together than meatloaf. Meat by the loaf. Oh, that is an awesome word. I want meat 
by the loaf. I mean, just who needs bread? I got a loaf of meat right here. Mom put the meatloaf on there. Maybe, maybe she'd take that one big dish and boy, she'd put that nanner pudding in there. That's banana pudding if you're from up here. She'd put that nanner pudding in there and then she'd put them out on the table and boy, she didn't have to say it twice. Dinner's ready and there was a stampede at the McNeese house to that table and man, we grabbed the fork and the knife and man, we went at it and we ate them old dishes. You could hear them clanging and banging and I can imagine that while they're having dinner at Job's house, this little broken piece is laying out in the ashes feeling discarded and wishing uh, that it could be used. Hey, it doesn't need a prominent place. It doesn't have to be pretty and looked at. If somebody would just pick me up and somebody would just use me, if I could just be used like those regular old dishes. Imagine laying out there, that piece felt discarded. I imagine that that piece felt damaged. Never gonna be put back together again. There, there was hope and maybe they were sweeping up the pile. Maybe it had hope. Maybe they'll get the super glue out and fix me. But when it got thrown out in the ashes... It feels damaged, it feels discarded. But I will say this, it may have felt damaged and it may have felt discarded, but it was not done. It's laying in the ashes of life, but it's not done. Because according to our verse, Job took him the pot shirt to scrape himself. You may feel damaged. You may feel like, man, I've messed up or somebody has messed me up and I don't have any hope. And I got news for you. If God made you and allowed you to go through it, he can still use you. He's still got a plan for you. You are not done. You felt damaged. You felt discarded, but he was not done. But you to understand that some of the most valued treasures on the planet some of the most valued treasures on the planet today are broken pieces. The museums of the world are filled with broken pieces. Pieces that one day were discarded but somebody came along and recognized it for what it was and cleaned it up and put it on a shelf and a broken, discarded piece was not done. And now people pay big dollars to pass through a little museum and go, ooh, look at that piece. Look at that. Oh, they're not pointing out the chipped off parts and the broken things. They're looking at what's left and what has been left is still being used. So I noticed the broken vessel is permanently scarred Secondly, I noticed the broken vessel is perfectly suited. It's perfectly suited. Look at our text. And Job took him a pot shirt. What's he going to do with that? To scrape himself with all. Now what's Job's problem? Job's problem is he's got boils in verse number seven from the sole of his foot to his crown. And those boils, uh, I don't know if y'all know what a boil is. It's, it's kind of like a blister, but it's like a blister that got infected. And it's got pus worse than the worst pimple you had when you was 13. And, and those things get, that, that blister comes up and it looks like a blister. Then you realize there's something in there that's weird looking colored. I mean, it, it looks like somebody dipped their toes in the nanner pudding and wiggled it around and, and then that thing begins to rot and then the rottenness breaks through and then what's on the inside comes oozing out and it causes great suffering. And Job says, I need help. I've lost everything I got and now I'm hurting all over 
And, I, and he goes looking for a vessel. The little potsherd's laying out there in the ashes of life, feeling discarded, feeling damaged, thinking it's done. And he looks in the house and he sees the tears in Job's eyes and he sees the tears in Mrs. Job's eyes. I don't know what her maiden name was. And he sees, her, sees them walking by and he notices that they don't stop and admire the pretty pieces. There's too much brokenness and there's too much heartache and there's too much sorrow. Uh, they, don't, they can't even see the beauty anymore. What they used to stop and admire and draw joy from, they don't even look up at it as they pass by. And he notices nobody's cooking a meal because sometimes pain is so great, it'll rob you of your appetite. When you bury your babies, you don't feel like eating anything. When you've seen everything go away in 60 seconds, you don't feel like eating anything. And they walk right by the display pieces and they walk right by the dishes and he comes out into the ashes and he sits down and in the ashes he finds the perfect piece for what he needs. You see that broken piece is perfectly suited for what Job needs in his brokenness and he picks that broken piece up and he begins to scrape himself and he begins to scrape off that infection and so you see that broken piece is for his cleansing. One broken piece ministering to a broken man is enabling him to clean out the infection and it's enabling him to get rid of the disease and it's enabling him to get rid of that, that filth and that, that stink and all that trouble. He's using the broken piece and nothing, the, the display pieces wouldn't work and the dishes wouldn't work, but the piece that was done is just right. It's for his cleansing, but not only that, it's for his comfort. Oh man, you get a, you get a, a, a situation, an infestation like that. You just want to scratch it. You just want to itch it. No, Job says, I need some relief. I, I got nothing left. I just need some kind of relief. And he finds a broken piece and he begins not only to clean, but it also brings a comfort to his physical situation. He scrapes himself with a potsherd. Oh my I want to say it's not only for his cleansing and it's not only for his comfort, but we find that this broken vessel is his choice. Look what the Bible says. And he took him a potsherd. He took him. He didn't, he didn't choose the, the display pieces that day. And he didn't choose the dishes that day. That day he chose the discarded. <laughs> He reached down into its brokenness and he said, that is exactly what I need. I don't need that. I don't need that, but I need this. And I'm here to tell you, in your brokenness, God has a use for you. You just stay faithful. You stick around and see if God won't use you to make a difference in somebody's life. It's perfectly suited. The display piece wasn't doing anything for him that day. The dishes weren't doing anything for him that day. But he took him a pot shirt. Oh my. Let me give you one more. We'll cut it off and let the real preachers come. Number one, I want you to notice the broken vessel's permanently scarred. This one didn't get put back together. God can do that. He can do that. But sometimes he has a bigger plan than putting you back together. Sometimes he's got somebody else that needs some help. The broken vessel is perfectly suited but I want you to notice this. Notice where he finds it. And he sat down among the ashes. 
I want to tell you that the broken piece is practically situated. God's a practical God, by the way. Oh yeah, God's a practical God. There's people who think that our faith is impractical. They think our faith doesn't have any reasoning in it. They think, oh, y'all live by faith, but y'all don't, don't live by thinking. You don't live by your mind. You just faith everything. Now, I got news for you. Faith takes some calculation. The Bible said that Abraham accounted that God was able to raise Isaac up from the dead. That took some calculation. You know the difference between us and rational people is we put God in our calculator and hallelujah, when nothing adds up, we look at the promises of God and we said, hey, God said that was the seed from which a nation would be born. If God wants us to sacrifice him on a hill, then God put it, plug his calculation in, put God in your calculator. I'm coming off of that mountain with the same boy I went up that mountain with. God is able to raise him up from the dead. I'm talking about a per, they're being perfectly situated. I want you to notice where he finds it. Number one, he finds it in the place of his disease. Boy, he is hurting. He is in a mess and he goes out to the ashes. Now, a lot of people think that's really weird. A man with boils goes to ashes. But the reality is, and I don't know if you know this or not, but the reality is soap, real soap is made from ashes and animal fat. What do you think he need? Where do you think he needed to be with them boils? I guarantee if Mrs. Job was anything like Mrs. McNeese, she said, you get them boils outside. Don't bring that nasty stuff in here. Hello. You go up there where that soap is, where the ingredients for the soap is. You go up there and take those ashes and, and wash that mess off. It was in the place of his disease. It's also in the place of his depression. This is where the ashes is where people would go when they thought God was against them and they didn't know what else to do. They'd go put sackcloth on and they'd sit in the ashes. He went back to the place of, of not only the place of his disease, but the place of his depression. When he was down and out and discouraged, didn't know where else to go. He went to the place of his depression and he sat down there and there and there he's sitting in the ashes and there he sits and he's sitting there probably thinking room for despair and agony on me. Man, nothing has gone right and nothing's going right and I need some comfort and I need some cleansing and he looks over there in them ashes and he looks over and says, what's this? There's a little broken piece. Man, I wonder how that would work. And he started scraping and he started cleansing and it started comforting him. And it was not only perfectly suited, but it was practically situated. Right where he needed it, he found what he needed. I want to finish with this thought. Not only was it in the place of his disease and the place of his depression, but I would submit to you that he found it in the place of his devotion. What ashes is he sitting in? I'll tell you this. A man with open wounds isn't going to a trash pile. You won't get an infection. You get around a trash pile where they've been burning trash. This wasn't a pile of ashes from trash. This was a pile of ashes from sacrifices. He went up every morning, according to chapter one, and he made sacrifices. I'm gonna tell you, the devil's smart. The devil's smart. You know, the first thing the devil took from Job was his ability to sacrifice. The first thing he stole from Job, he didn't go after the kids first. He went after the offering. And Job knew I used to go up there and get close to God. 
and I got nothing to take up there. I go up there, I can't bring a sacrifice. I can't bring a sheep. I can't bring a cattle. I can't bring anything. All I got is me, God. And all I got is me. All I have is me. I got nothing left to offer but me. And I'm broken and I'm messed up, but I'm coming to the altar. I'm coming where I met you before, where we were close before. I'm going back to the same place. I always went when I needed God. And in the place of his devotion, he sat down and said, God, I got nothing left. And he made a Romans 12 sacrifice. (laughs) He laid himself down and became a living sacrifice. And in the place of his devotion, he looks over and says, what's this? What's this? A place of devotion. There's a little broken thing. And what was broken became a comfort and a cleansing. It became his choice in his broken place. Levi chapter 1 verse 16 says that beside the altar on the east part was the place of the ashes. And they would take that animal fat and those and that burnt wood and they'd make a pile right next to the altar on the east side. Leviticus 6.10, they said, Take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Old Job went up there and sat in the ashes and said, God, all I got is me. Now listen to me. When he got there, he found something else that was broken. Hey, what are you saying, preacher? You may be broken. You may feel discarded. You may feel discouraged. You may even feel depressed. And you may feel damaged. You just keep staying at the place of your devotion. You just keep going back to the altar where you got saved, the altar where you got right, the altar where you got married, the altar where you got called and got the laying on of hands. You just keep going back to the place of your devotion and in a little while you look around and there'll be somebody beside you that's more broken than you are and God will pick you up and you'll be his choice to help somebody who's broken. <laughs> Oh, I'm here to tell you that being broken is not all bad. When Job needed someone the most, when he needed help the most, he walked by them pretty display pieces that had no flaws. They have nothing wrong with them. He walked right by them. He walked right by the dishes that he'd eaten off many a times and had many a joy. I don't know about y'all, but I believe in comfort food. He walked right by the comfort food and he chose a broken piece. Stay in the place of your devotion. Stay there. God will have somebody else nearby to help you. But if you'll stay there, God may just pick you up and say, I got a use for you today. The master needs you today more than he needs anything else. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you can use broken things to do an incredible work and put all the pieces back together again. Now, God, I pray today. Lord, some of these young people have no idea. We're talking about broken. They don't know what broken is. 
Some of these young people come out of more broken situations than I've ever been around. God, I realize, Lord, that for all of us, there's some brokenness in our future. Somewhere along the line, we're going to have to make a decision of what we're going to do when we're broke. God, I pray that you take our brokenness and use it for your glory. And you'd use it for your honor. And God, Lord, that even when we feel damaged and discarded and discouraged, you can teach us that we're still not done. You've got a big plan that can take advantage of all of our brokenness and use us for your glory, for your honor, and to minister to someone else in their brokenness. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.